are new listening to the show from listening to the previous show I did a couple of days ago, welcome to the regular weekly edition of the Detroit Sports Week on the Tom Green Podcast. Another week has passed, another week in Detroit sports in the books. Glad that uh, Jess, who I've called me Amiga, was able to join me for a little Wings-Panthers preview and we're going to be talking about them as well as the Pistons, Lions by week as well as Michigan. So uh, let's first get, let's start with the Lions this week. Let's start, we'll change pace a little bit and start with the Lions this week. And then we'll go towards the Red Wings and we'll talk, we'll, we will wrap up the show talking Michigan. But first let's talk about those Lions. Six and two going into the bye week. Last week on the preview, I said that they absolutely had to win this game or else they were potentially going to be in trouble through the rest of this year. We could have seen another potential 6-3 and three to 7-9 and nine turnout like the 2014 Browns or the 2007 Lions. I'm not sure if Jameer Gibbs heard the show, but he definitely responded to that, and he responded to it in a big way. We saw, of course, the viral scene with the uh, season ticket holder lady, um, hugging Gibbs and lifting him up to the stands. That was a lot of fun to watch. And as was this game. Uh, 152 yards was his final stat line with, of course, the touchdown heard around Detroit, as we'll call it. Um, Another big player in this game was Riley Patterson. A 44-yarder in the first quarter, a 31-yarder in the second quarter, a 33-yarder also in the second quarter, and a 52-yarder in the fourth quarter. The Lions did not have Riley Patterson. This game might still be playing right now because that's 12 points off the board and they're going into overtime. So thank the kicker before we get really rolling. But just saying, kickers, even though my my old man says they don't matter, they mattered here. It mattered in 12 points. Besides the point, the Lions dominated that game in every facet except for the scoreboard. They got a coach fired. Josh McDaniels was fired in the middle of the night on Halloween. He might have made it back to Las Vegas, but he ain't going anywhere else as of now. And that's something I ask the Las Vegas Raiders is they just fired Josh McDaniels now, which makes some sort of sense. Maybe I'd have waited till the end of the season. I don't know. But what I do know is that why the hell did you fire Rich Passaccia in the first place? Rich Passaccia, after the John Gruden email scandal, led that team to the playoffs. And against the Bengals, they were in that game until the middle of the fourth quarter in that playoff game against Cincinnati. So... That's the first question you have to ask if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan, is why did you fire Rich Passaccia in the first place? And now the question is, who do you replace him with? Antonio Pierce has got the interim job, but who's lining up to take that job as of right now? We'll find out later in the season, but right now nobody is. Circling back to the Lions, this is how you go into a bye week. It was a good, very good Monday night victory. And... Um, it gives them momentum going into the bye week, one. But two, um, again, this is an absolute must. They didn't win this game. Who knows what could have happened in the next few weeks. 
Chargers lined up next week at SoFi Stadium. It's the Lions' second trip to SoFi. Uh, of course, I was at the first trip to SoFi against the Rams in the middle of that 1-10-1 and start in 2021. And the Lions held the Rams within nine points, and the Rams were Super Bowl champs. So next week will be interesting against the Chargers. Then you have Chicago, which, goodness, if uh, Justin Fields or Tyson Badgett starts, that looks like a win, especially at home. Packers on Thanksgiving, and then the, then, then the Saints. Next potential loss could be the Saints. Things are looking up in Detroit. 1,000%. And Jameer Gibbs is a stud. We finally found that out this week. We knew that Campbell was holding uh, Gibbs back for a little bit, but that was to try to mease him in the formation. And then, of course, Montgomery gets injured, and who knows how long Montgomery's out. But the good news is we've got a solid guy in Jameer Gibbs. Definitely. Moving to the Red Wings. Um, again, thanks to Jess for coming on the show uh, Tuesday to preview Thursday's game. Again, I was looking at that game as a single-game preview, but also looking at the implications as the season was moving on. We had a three-game measuring stick stretch here this past week at Boston, at New York, home to Florida. If the Wings are looking to be a past-the-first-round playoff team, they failed, and they failed drastically. Overtime win, that's it. But, realistically speaking, the Wings right now are on the right path. Past Wings teams before Stevie Y and COVID to start do not win any of those games. They probably don't even get a point. But this team battled in New York, got two points. So they did something. Credit where credit is due. Bobrovsky had a great game for the Panthers uh, this this past um, this past Thursday evening. Shut out a good Red Wings a good Red Wings offense. Steve Lorenz scored in the second period. Anton Liddell scored on an empty net. Bobrovsky was the first star with 22 saves. Lorenz the second star with a goal. Reimer with 25 saves. I mean, Reimer had to do. Reimer had to do his job too. So, looking back, the Wings are on the right path. Maybe not necessarily where we exactly want them to be, but on the right path. A couple more games before the Wings travel to Sweden. Uh, actually, four games before the Wings travel to Sweden. Home to Boston. That's going to be tough. At New York. Home to Montreal and Columbus. So the potential for a couple of wins there before the Wings take off for Sweden. Which that should be a lot of fun. And uh kind of wish I was going out to uh, Sweden to watch those two games. But that should be a lot of fun. Against Ottawa and against Toronto. Out in Stockholm. Where the Wings will be playing a couple of games. So uh, two wins would be good before heading to Sweden to keep them keep them rolling. Keep them decent. Offense is good. A little bit of a rough stretch, but moving forward, wins are on the horizon. Let's hope they happen. Moving to the Pistons, on the other hand, wins are certainly not on the horizon 
most anytime soon. A one-point loss to Miami, followed by two wins over Charlotte and over Chicago. Okay, decent. Losing to Oklahoma City, okay. OKC, probably underrated. But losing to Portland? A team that got rid of, that maybe not necessarily got rid of, but traded Damian Lillard? A shorthanded New Orleans? This Pistons team is potentially a little bit behind. And did we expect anything great out of the Pistons this season so far? No. But it would be nice to at least be 3-4, and four, which they have the potential to be 3-4 and four after Sunday. 3-3, three and 4-2 three, and two maybe. 2-4. and four. So, looking at some numbers about how you'd expect them, let's hope that Cade Cunningham can stay healthy throughout this season. Right now in six games, which is all of them as of now, Cunningham averaging 34.3 minutes a game and 22.7 points. Alec Burks is next, having only played in four games, 15 points a game. Jalen Duren averaging 11.6 rebounds. Cade leading in assists at 7.5. Killian Hayes in steals at 1.7. And blocks Asar Thompson at 1.8. So, are the numbers really that terrible right now? Not necessarily, but the defense has definitely got its work cut out for them. That said, the next three games, a back-to-back against Phoenix and Golden State at Milwaukee and then home to the Sixers next Friday. If the Pistons can get two wins out of that stretch, that'd be okay. Give them to four and six. I mean, in the Eastern Conference, the last few years, less than 41 wins got you in. At least on one side of the bracket. So if they if, if the Pistons somehow can get to the get to the thirties and wins, maybe they have a chance. Maybe they have a chance at the postseason. Who knows? We've talked about how certain teams have other teams' number. It seems as if Detroit has Golden State's number. Most usually at Golden State. Not home to Golden State. But you have two winnable games. Phoenix, Golden State. Milwaukee, of course, with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. At Milwaukee, probably not winnable. Sixers now having gotten, now having cleansed. Cleanse themselves may not be the right term, but cleanse themselves of the situation between Maury and Harden probably are playing with a lot more purpose right now. And, of course, the Sixers are have been a team that has been knocking on the door of the NBA Finals. So you've got two winnable games there in the next four, and who knows what can happen. Usually in the NBA, at any, in any, any league that has an 82-game season or more, you're going to win games you shouldn't, you're going to lose games you shouldn't. So... Expect that throughout the course of an 82-game season. 2-4 and four isn't quite where the Pistons want to be. Isn't quite where any team wants to be. But, again, did we expect a hell of a lot from this, from this squad? No, we didn't. As long as Cade Cunningham can stay healthy. God forbid we lose him for another year. We lose him for another year, maybe it's time to reconsider and 
maybe start fresh again? Who knows? Cade, please stay healthy. That's kind of my Pistons rant for this afternoon's show. Now moving to the Michigan Wolverines, football team that is. This story seems to change every single damn day, doesn't it? One minute, Harbaugh is going in the NFL. The next minute, he's signing the biggest extension and the the uh, highest paid extension to become the highest paid uh, coach in college football. The next moment, and the moment that we see now, is that a lot of this scandal stuff could have been drawn up by Ohio State. I'm going to read you an excerpt from Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com's article posted a few hours ago, as as this has been recorded on Friday afternoon. Several sources at Michigan and the media tell the Wolverine.com they are gathering evidence on two private investigators they believe are behind the investigation of Michigan's alleged illegal on-site scouting. The same sources also believe the two are responsible for the media leaks that have kept the story in the news for weeks. Both allegedly have ties to Ohio State head coach Ryan Day's family. Reporters are working to put the pieces together, but we know Michigan is currently in possession of documents that could link one of the alleged investigators to Day's younger brother, Timothy Day. The other they suspect is linked to Day's brother, Christopher, and was also a classmate of Tim Day's in New Hampshire. One currently runs a private investigation firm in Manchester, New Hampshire, Day's hometown. In addition, other sources at Michigan allege some of the evidence, specifically a spreadsheet provided to the Washington Post with analyst Connor Stallion's travel plans and budget for his operation, yada, 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 was obtained by gathering access to his computer illegally. Upon investigation, more sources indicated law enforcement has begun looking into the source of the information of the response. It's a result, excuse me. So, a lot in that article, and I'm not going to read the entire thing because I want to pay, I do want to respect the Wolverines' work and Chris Ballas' work. Chris, you're welcome on the show at any time to talk more about that. This story is changing, and this story is changing every single day. No offense, or maybe, or maybe it is offense to Ryan Day. But nonetheless... This is changing every day, and I'm not sure exactly what to exactly say about it. So what should I say? I will say this. It's starting to believe now that um, that it likely happened, but it may not be as big of a deal as the media is trying to get you to think or trying to expect you to think or trying to get the Big Ten to act. We don't know what exactly happened, and we not we may not know what happened until long past this season's end. But one thing is for certain. The Wolverines are just going to play ball and keep winning. And that they will do against the Purdue Boilermakers this Saturday night. Think about this. The Wolverines are a 32.5-point favorite against the exact same team they faced last year in the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis. And this team is a a bit of a shell of itself from last season. The Boilermakers are 2-6. Card has 1,717 yards, 8 touchdowns, but 7 picks. Their best receiver, Burks, has 426 yards and 5 touchdowns. Roman Wilson, 
20 more yards, and 5 more touchdowns. This looks to be a put-it-in-the-books victory for the Wolverines, but we know that Purdue is called the spoiler makers for a reason. This game is at night. This game is at Ann Arbor. If it were in West Lafayette, I would be slightly concerned. But it is in Ann Arbor. Michigan is a 32.5-point favorite. Really not much to worry about here. Corum is going to do his job. Edward should find the end zone once. And uh, Wilson should do his job, and so should J.J. Potentially see J.J. be pulled in the third or fourth quarter for uh, the backup quarterback. So the biggest thing about the Wolverines right now is just maintaining focus and maintaining confidence over this sign-stealing scandal thing. If they can do that, and they have proven so far that they certainly can, then perhaps Ohio State won't be too big of a deal. We'll see in three weeks about that front. But one thing's for sure, we'll be back with at least one more show next week, hopefully two, uh, perhaps another game preview like we did uh, earlier this past week. But uh, Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on the Tom Green Podcast. I look forward to speaking to the kids, at, uh, to the students, that is, at Saginaw Valley State University. And I'll give you a little report on how that went uh, afterwards. And so uh, to those that are SVSU students in Bill Williamson's podcasting class, hope you've enjoyed the show so far. Because uh, I look forward to speaking with you guys uh, come Tuesday. We'll talk then. Until then, this has been the Detroit Sports Week on the Tom Green Podcast. I